Hey everybody, thanks for listening to another episode of Love Y'all Lens. I'm excited to be here with you all today. And the reason that I'm so excited today is because this is the best day I've had in a while. And when I say that, I know that sounds like the best day she's had in a while. What's wrong with her? But I'm going to talk about anxiety today. I've not talked about anxiety on my podcast really a a lot here lately. I've talked about goals. I've talked about everything but. And I've always been encouraging and you've got this. I've been a pusher. But today we have to have a real conversation, okay? Because there's a balance. There is a balance between you've got this and I love you. I'm here for you. And um, I've been in a really really strange place. I will say that I don't know how I got here and I don't know where it started. I can, if if I sit here and make a list of all the things that have happened, uh, you know, I'm not focusing on things that I'm grateful for. I'm thinking about all the bad, but to be honest with you, I've been sick. Miles has been sick. I broke my toe. I know that sounds silly, And there's just been so many little things that my mindset has gone to instead of today's going to be a great day, it's gone to what's going to happen today? What obstacle am I going to have to hop over today? And it never fails. There for a a couple weeks, I was like, okay, I've got this. I'm not going to let this beat me. Whatever comes at me, I've got it. I can handle it. And as we got on into like week four and five, it's like life just kept coming at me and throwing things at me. And I told you all this. I've said when we're going to do big things, like when we expect big things that we know God is working, the wheels are turning, there's things that he wants us to do, there are going to be roadblocks. There are going to be things that comes against us. And that's what I was reminding myself of the first couple weeks. I was like, okay, (laughs) the roadblock, this is the roadblock. This is just trying to slow me down. It's not going to stop me. This is a test to see how strong I am if I'm ready to grow where I'm planted and be content to know that things are going to happen. Things are not always going to go my way. I was really hyping myself up. And there comes a point where that you've got this turned into I don't know if I can handle this. I just want to lay down and cry. I don't want to do anything. The laundry is stacked sky high. And it doesn't matter how much I do and how many loads I do. It just, it's never ending. And no matter how clean the house was, it only lasts a day, if that. And I walk outside and the dog has got into the garage and destroyed the trash and it's all over the yard and it's run here, do this, do that to the point where I'm physically and mentally exhausted and I don't know if I'm coming or going and the things that were on my plate that I was enjoying, those things that I love have turned into something that I'm excited when I do it. I'm excited when I get there, but I'm not intentional when I'm there. I'm not intentional because my brain is having to handle so many other things and it becomes exhausting and it becomes overwhelming and it becomes one of those things where you just want to run away. And that is what anxiety, what happens. That's what creates anxiety. And some of us handle it better than others. I deal with seasonal depression as well. When the sun comes out and the sun starts shining, I'm a hundred times better. It's like, I got this. I can roll. Or at least I have in the past. But Jamie and I went out for Valentine's Day. Like, it's when this really just hit the fan. Um, 
I'd been getting up early and I've got to where I'm not even getting up early. I hit the snooze button at five o'clock and then if I'm up by six, I'm good. My hair has not been washed in a week. I've done that two weeks in a row. That is a sign of depression in case you aren't, in case you're listening and you're not sure what's going on in somebody's life. That's a sign of depression. When somebody doesn't want to wash their hair, now I'm showering, I'm clean, I don't smell, but I'm too tired to wash my hair or to shave my legs. That is depression, you all. So my anxiety has become depression. And I keep counting my lessons. I keep thinking about all the things I have to be thankful for. I'm telling myself that. So many people with anxiety do that. They know they have so much to be grateful for, so they feel guilty. They feel more guilty because it's like, why do I feel this way? And the the crap hit the fan on Saturday. This is the worst I'd been, the, the absolute worst I've, I'd been in this whole time period of all this going on. And so we had basketball practice Friday night, and then we had basketball practice Saturday morning at seven o'clock. Miles and Layton, or Miles had basketball practice after Layton's basketball practice. And then I run home, I threw my stuff in a bag, still not showered, okay? Threw my stuff in a bag. Jamie and I headed to Nashville. Our intent was to, when we got there, to work out. The gym looked really nice. We were going out for our Valentine's Day. <laughs> but um, we got stuck in traffic. Like, we had all planned out. I'm a planner, so... I'm trying to fight my anxiety. I'm making funny TikToks and trying to just combat that anxiety that I can't control. So I'm trying to overcome it. And I'm making TikToks and I'm laughing and we're singing in the car. But at some point, I look at the clock and I realize I'm not going to get to work out. And I know to some of you all that sounds like that's so trivial. You're like, oh, wow, you don't get to work out. That is what I do to cope with my anxiety, okay? I've had medicine, I've been on medicine, I've switched my medicine. And listen, if you take medicine for your anxiety, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. If you take medicine for your depression, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. At some point, I will probably have to, like, I'm always open to be able to go back on my medicine. And I don't quit cold turkey, I wean myself off of it. But right now, I'm in a season where the medicine was doing more harm to me than good. It's like trading one side effect for another in my body. And so I'm not taking it. Anxiety, how I deal with it is the gym. And so I'm looking at the clock and I'm, I'm realizing that it's going to be pushing it. But okay, I'm okay. It's fine. I'm okay. I'm going to get time in the gym. Then we go to the wrong place to try to check in and we're not at the right place. The wrong address was on there. Oh, okay. So I'm really starting to get anxious and I'm starting to get frustrated and I can't control it, but I'm trying, I'm trying really hard. And then I look at the clock and I bust into tears. I combust into uncontrollable crying over being late the crazy day that we've already had, the stress of the whole day, the whole week is all of a sudden snowballed and rolled until I got to this point because I've looked so forward to it. And I'm kind of dreading anyway because I'm going to be walking in Nashville in a boot with my my toe and I'm, we're going to a really nice place. All these things are starting to run through my head all of a sudden and I'm starting to feel panic that I can't control. Now, granted, I'm the girl that is, has told you on multiple times, okay, that I count my blessings and I say, thank you, God, for this, for that, for this, every single morning, especially when I get in the shape. 
And <clears throat> I haven't been doing that lately because I've just slowly backslid and it's like I can't, it's like I'm being buried <sighs> instead of growing where I'm planted. And so I can't control this. And then the crying turns into anger and I'm mad. I get mad at Jamie for absolutely no reason at all other than my anxiety is getting the best of me. <clears throat> He's like, we'll do whatever. We'll do, you know, whatever we need to do. I'll call and see if they can move our reservation. We'll make sure just we'll get you your workout. Um, He's like, but you're going to have at least 30 minutes. Use your time. And to me, that's a trigger because I don't want to quit something. Like, if I start something, I want to get all the way through it. If I have a workout plan, I don't want to quit it. I want to finish it or I feel like I'm not complete, especially when I'm trying to control my anxiety. So, when I start a task, I have to finish it, okay? So, if I have a hour workout and I only get 30 minutes, I'm not going to feel, I'm going to feel like I quit. So, I don't see it as, oh, well, at least I got to do this much. So, that's where, that's where the fighting, the, the anger came from. And so, I get mad and I get frustrated at Jamie and we're trying to get to the room and I sat down and when we get to the room, because we literally haul our bags down probably a mile of hallway and <laughs> can't get the door unlocked because it's all electronic. So we're trying to tap our phones to this thing to get it unlocked. And it was just building like when technology is not working and it's just so like, I know some of you all can totally relate to this. And some of you all are sitting there going, why in the world would this upset her so much? But then we get to the room and I change clothes and I have not worked out in a few days because of my toe and I'm being very hard on myself. So I'm already down. I'm already dragging and I look in the mirror because what's coming from the inside, what I'm, what I've put in is negative. So what I see in the mirror is negative. And so I start ripping myself apart. And Jamie's like, let's just go to the gym. We can change it. He was able to move the reservation to later. I was like, no, I just want to go home. And he's like, we're not going home. And I said, but I want to go home. And he's like, we're not going home. So I got dressed and I went to the gym. He's like, this is going to help you. We get to the gym. I start working out. I'm struggling because my toe hurts. I can't do anything. I feel restricted. I, I'm just, I'm in my own head. And I know, I know, I get it, you all. You're like, this is so trivial and so petty. But mind you, it has taken me four months, or excuse me, four weeks to get in this spot. This isn't something that I just woke up and was dealing with. And we work out and, you know, we we do all the things and then we get ready to go back to the room. And I've looked in the mirror after my workout. Normally, I feel great. I feel confident. That's what I wanted before I put on this dress to go out. Jamie's made reservations at this nice restaurant and he's excited about it. This is the third year in a row that we've attempted this. We finally got to do it. He's excited about it. I want to be beautiful. I want to feel good. And I don't feel good. But I didn't want to cancel. I didn't want to chat. Like, I didn't want to be like, no, we're not going. We're not doing this. Because I knew how excited he was. So, we get to the room. And I sat down because we have a little time before I had to start to get ready. And I'm dealing with being really, really tired. Like, just... Not lay down and go to sleep, but just can't get up and go. So, um, um, lay down for a minute or like kind of lay my head over and I start crying again for no reason, like no reason. I just start crying again. And 
God love him. He he just and not everybody he didn't mean anything by this, I know. He just wasn't thinking it slipped out and the second that he said it, he knew. But he said, I don't understand why you're being like this. You have so much. Like we're here. We're in a good and that was such a huge trigger for me. And the second it came out, like I could see the look on his face and he immediately started apologizing. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean that. I know you are the, you are, you are not, not grateful. He's like, that's not what I meant by that. And so why am I telling you all this? Because Jamie's not a bad guy. Jamie is an amazing man who has the patience of a saint who's dealing with me and he doesn't deal with anxiety. Like he, doesn't have anxiety like I do. He doesn't understand it. And a lot of spouses, um, you know, if you have a boyfriend or girlfriend, it's something that maybe you're like, you are scared to let them in on or family. Maybe they don't have that genetic makeup that you have where it's an issue. And the second he said it, he immediately was like, I'm so, so sorry. I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have said that. But he doesn't, he doesn't understand he doesn't understand it, and he wants to, which is my next point. You know, we can't encourage people to get help. Like, we can't keep screaming on the platform of depression and anxiety and suicide and all of these things. We can't keep screaming, get help, get help, get help, if we're not going to give people the help they need. If we're going to be like, oh, that's somebody else's job, that's somebody else's responsibility, or we're gonna, we're not going to listen, or we're going to tell them things like, why are you being like this? Like, you have so much to be, you have everything. Like, your life is perfect. Oh my gosh. People with anxiety are so careful who they talk to, because we've probably all at some point made these comments in front of the wrong people who have said these things to us. And more than likely, it shoved us back in the box and shut us down and made us feel even worse. It made us feel ungrateful. It made us feel like some damage, like something was wrong with us. You know, as a Christian, a lot of times I feel like I'm sinning when I with my anxiety. Even when I work really, really hard to control it, I feel like I'm sinning. And I know that that is not the case. But we we we're so careful with the people that we talk to about these things because we know that one saying it out loud is so hard it is it's hard to admit it it's not whining it's not crying we're probably if we're saying this we are probably at our breaking point we are probably at our breaking point One more time, I'm going to say it again. If we're telling you and we're confiding in you, we're probably at our breaking point. It probably means that we're overwhelmed, we're exhausted, we've cried in our car, we've snapped at our kids, we're doing good to just function and we just need somebody to hear us and not respond or respond with, how can I help you? What can I do? What would make it better? But so often it gets downplayed. It gets downplayed. And it's not always intentional. Sometimes it's to, people think they're making us feel better. You know, when they say things like, you know, oh, it's, you're, you're going to be okay. You've got this. They're, they don't always have the words. So I get that. I understand. I have found with my anxiety that 
Sometimes I just need somebody to listen. I need somebody to hold me when I cry. Now, here's the problem that me and Jamie run into so much is he's a fixer. He wants to fix it. He wants to take it away. And that is his personality. We have we have accepted these things about each other that it's how we deal with things. It's how we are response mechanisms. He is a fixer. He's a fix an instant fixer and I'm a shut down, push people away until I'm ready to have that conversation. So we're two totally different people and this doesn't always mesh well together when it comes to anxiety because he wants he wants to take it away and he gets frustrated because he can't do that. So in my head I'm trying to remind myself of these things while dealing and it's not his fault. It's not. Jamie loves me very much and he does an excellent job. Again, this is just me having this conversation with you all knowing the people that we are. I'm a difficult person to love. I can be super frustrating. If I'm in one of those moods where I'm really struggling with my anxiety, typically, not this time around, which kind of blew my mind. I don't know why it was different this time, but it really was. He could say it was nighttime outside, and I'd be like, no, it's not. It's daytime. I mean, that is how, like, I want to push your buttons normally when I have anxiety because I'm angry and I just want to project it onto you. That wasn't the case this time. So I don't know if I'm growing. I don't know if that's how to look at it. Sometimes you can look back and count your victories and this is one of them. But I wasn't trying to be just ridiculous this time. Like I wasn't taking it and projecting it. I was trying to deal with my feelings. And I was trying to explain to him how I felt versus the projection of just being nasty and ugly and mean. And a lot of people do that with their anxiety. It's like when we snap at our kids, we're not mad at our kids. Like we're projecting the anger we have inside or whatever we're dealing with, you know, the anxiety, like we're projecting it. And so this time I was just trying to work through it. And so he came over and he hugged me and um, I said, I don't know why I feel like this. So when you have somebody, when when you are entrusted, you're that person that somebody chooses to confide in with anxiety, okay? You don't want them to shut down. You don't want them to stop talking. You want them to say it all, get it out. Say, say it and get it out. Because once I started talking and saying, I don't know why I feel like this, I don't know what's causing this, you know, and getting just saying what was on my brain and what was going through my head, it made it a little bit more rational. Or maybe I should say, when I said it, the irrational thoughts and things running through my head, when I said it out loud, it was like, the things that are going on in my brain are not rational right now. They're not real. They're not something I can control right now, like a situation, things, like I have no control over it and I'm letting it control me. And so... I started talk, like talking it out. So then we had to get ready. And after I was late, I cried the whole time I took a shower. I showered. I shaved my legs. Did I shave my legs? I don't know. I think my legs might have not been as hairy. So I left them alone. Like this is just part of, this is me being really honest with you all. When you have, like when your anxiety turns in depression, a lot of times these things that are so innate for me to do, like wash my hair, fix my hair. Like you just, honestly, you just don't give a shit. Like you just, you're like, I don't care. I don't care what I look like. I don't 
feel like doing it. I just want to sit with myself and be pitiful. And so I'm showering and I'm crying and I get out and I'm putting makeup on. And as mom put my makeup on, like I'm just, it's rolling down my face. And Jamie's like, whatever you need me to do, what, you know, baby, whatever you need, what do you need? I mean, just so amazing. And I'm like, He's like, we don't have to go. I was like, yes, we're going. We're going. You have looked so forward to this. You know, you have planned this. We both look forward to it. And I mean, I've just got, I'm like, I'm putting makeup on and it's doing no good. It's pointless. So we get to 15 minutes before we're supposed to walk out the door. My hair takes approximately an hour to dry and fix just my hair, not my makeup. So I'm crying even harder knowing that I have two choices three choices, really. One, just say we're not going and be a total B to somebody who's being very good to me right now, which I won't lie, I've done in the past. I really have as a projection and I've felt even guiltier. I could dry my hair a little bit and just let it fall where it lies. No, I took option number three. I pulled it back in a ponytail and Thank God the slick back looks currently in. I didn't pull it off well because I have a big head. But anyway, I did. nonetheless, I did it. And <laughs> we put on my dress and we ventured, we ventured out and got lost in the elevator trying to get to the parking garage because it was so confusing and that made my anxiety even worse. And um, we go in and we are seated and I still have tears in my eyes and we sit down to eat and I'm being really quiet. I'm trying. If you have anxiety, like you're understanding what I'm, you are getting me wholeheartedly right now, I'm pretty sure. And I'm sitting down. Normally I would be mouthing. I'm just going to be honest with you. I would normally be running my mouth, making just snide remarks because that, you know, makes everybody feel like shit. And if I want everybody to feel as bad as me, but I'm not, I'm just being quiet. And we order and then I start talking again and it starts coming out. Everything that I'm feeling, what's bothering me. And there was one thing that was really bothering me. And when I said it, I swear you all, I looked at Jamie and I said, that is, that's, that's it. I said, that is what it was. I said it. I finally got out what it was that was really bothering me. And it was like, it just, the weight lifted off of me once I said it. And we talked about it. And he was like, you know, I've been feeling like I've, I've had that feeling too. Like, you know, it was like, I didn't know what it was. I couldn't put my finger on it. But once I had somebody that I felt like was a safe place that I could talk to and would listen without responding until he knew I was in a spot I needed him to respond, guess what? My anxiety eased up. And today is Thursday, and that was last Saturday. So we're six days in, and I've been, I won't say 100 times better, but I'm going to say like 60% better than what I was and creating a plan of action the next day. Okay. So we do all this. We go back to our room, you know, and the night is, the night is so much better, so much better. We took pictures at first when we got there, they have a photographer that takes your picture. And I was like, I don't want a picture. I don't want a picture. After I said that, and we took that picture, uh, like I asked, I said, can we, can we go take a picture? 
So we had a great rest of the night. So the next day we wake up and we get ready to check out. We go work out. I do much better that time. We have fun. We laugh. It's more of a just a good time versus trying to work out, which was fine. was fine after the anxiety was gone. And we get ready to leave. And guess what? We go to my car. There's a boot on my car. You know, and did it bother me like it did the day before? Absolutely not. It was totally different. It was like once I just got it out and said it, he listened. It was it was better. And we just said, we just kind of shrugged. It was like, oh, that, there we go. Let's just add that to, let's just add it to the list. And so here's here's my takeaway from this. If you are a person with anxiety, I pray, I hope and pray that you find somebody that is your safe person, that person that you can talk to, that person that you can say those things to. And maybe it's a friend, you know, somebody that doesn't downplay it, somebody that doesn't get tired of hearing it. I've had friends like where I have anxiety, we have these conversations with each other all the time. Like we never get tired of hearing that. If, some, if one of us needs to talk, like, we say it to each other. There's no, nobody suffers alone. Nobody suffers in silence. It's never too much. If you say you have anxiety for, you know, you tell me that every single day for a month, I don't care. And those are my friends, too, that are the same way with me. You know, we can have those conversations. So I really hope that you find that safe place. I pray that for you because I've been in those circles with people that don't understand and they don't get it. And they say those things to you like, you have so much to be thankful for. Why are you being so whiny? Like, why are you being whiny? You know, or why psycho, whatever it is. I mean, growing up, my dad, every time I got emotional over something that I was dealing with, it was like, you're, you're just crazy or you're just psycho. That is a good way to put somebody back in the, a box where when they leave you a suicide note, no, I'm not to, like, I'm not to them, not to that spot, but I have been before, long time ago when I had those things said to me where I felt like I had nobody to turn to and nobody to talk to and I felt crazy and I felt like something was wrong with me. If you are suffering from anxiety, you are not crazy. You are not psycho. You are allowed to have feelings. You don't have to suppress them. And once I feel like, once we don't feel like we have to hold them in, we are nicer of people. We don't project out. Once we are honest and we're like, hey, I'm dealing with this. When we feel like we have to bottle it up inside, it makes us angry. It makes us emotional. It makes us lash out. So we have to have those people that we can have these conversations with. I looked at my kids when we got home and I sat them down and I said, you all, I'm really dealing with anxiety right now. Really, I want you all to just understand that I'm not making excuses if I lash out. I'm not making excuses about these things. I want you to know that this is something I'm dealing with. And I'm hoping that when they get older, if they have those same issues, that they won't feel like they have to think something's wrong with them, that they won't have to bottle it up and keep it in, that they can deal with it. You know, it takes a whole, whole lot for people with anxiety to open up. They're not whining. They're not whining. Why do you think so many people say, well, I would have never guessed that, you know, when you you find out a celebrity or anybody killed themselves. Like, 
people say, well, I would have never guessed that. But probably because somewhere along the line, the way they were, and most of them are funny, like they use humor. You know, they're like, I'll use humor, you know, and that'll make me happy too in some way. But they they don't have the ability or anybody to talk to. Nobody knew. But probably somewhere along the line, they were told, quit whining. This isn't okay. Hold it in. Be tough. Don't be a baby. Like, that's a generation that I grew up in where those things were said. A lot of tough love, but there's so much balance that we have to find in between the two. I don't believe in being soft. I don't. I wasn't raised soft. I'm not raising my kids soft. But I do believe that it's okay to feel. And it's okay to have things happen where that you don't know how to deal with it. And, you know, and that's the other thing, like, I think that what happens is anxiety is one of these things. And so I'm kind of all over the place. Hopefully you all are following me. What happens with anxiety is, you know, I think we look at people who have lost loved ones, people that are sick, things that people that like truly, when we look at it, bad things have happened to like huge boulders that they're trying to carry. And the way I kind of describe, feel like about anxiety and other issues like with mental health is that it's not a boulder. It's literally stone by stone by stone that you're trying to carry. And, you know, anxiety is just as heavy. And we want to drop it. We want to throw it. And I think that's the thing. We, we want to try. We, in our heads, we think that we are in control of it. I think that's what we think. I think that's why we feel guilty. And we can work to control it. We can work to be better. But when it hits us, you know, sometimes we just, we literally can't help it. Like we can't help it. It's a sickness. And we have to deal with it. We have to deal with the elephant in the room. And it's okay. Find somebody to talk to. A friend, a coworker, a spouse, a therapist. Let's normalize therapy. It's okay. It is okay. Mental health is important. It is. It doesn't mean anything's wrong with you. It just means that you have a lot of little stones that you're trying to carry and you're overwhelmed and it's built up and we don't want that to spiral into into depression or PTSD or all those things. I was talking to one of my friends and I, as soon as I finish with this podcast, I'm going to check on her. She has been going through such a hard time and she messaged me after I posted one of my quotes and she said, I just really needed this today. And I don't know why, but something made me say, you know, I'm not prying, but I'm here if you need somebody to listen. Because often that's what I need is just somebody to say it to. And when she started typing out everything that had happened and was going on in her life over the last six months, I was like, holy cow, like, how is she keeping her head above water? And there's a lot of us like that right now. There's a lot of people like that right now, and they're carrying it alone. They're carrying it alone, and they just need somebody to say it to. If you are in a good spot, even if you have anxiety, if you're in a good spot, be that to somebody. Be that. Be what you need. Be that person that you need when you're really, really struggling. 
And if you're going through a hard time right now, really be, don't hold it in. Okay. Don't hold it in. Don't hold, don't hold it in. Don't bottle it up. Don't push it down and don't spew it and project it out and feel even more guilty. Take time to find a person that you can confide in and trust that is going to help you get through it or listen. That's not going to say those things to you. Again, I'm going to repeat this one more time. We cannot keep telling people that mental health is a big deal and to get help when we are not listening when they're crying out. Because people are crying out. Whether it's through posts or their actions, sometimes it's not what is said, it's what's not said. No people, we're just too busy. We're too busy caught up in our own lives or on our phone or scrolling social media that we, they're screaming, we're just not hearing it. So, We can't keep pretending. We can't push the job off on somebody else and be like, oh, well, that's just, that's not my, that's not my forte. I'm tough love. I can't handle it. No, maybe God put you there so you would learn some compassion. Because there's a reason that if somebody confided in you and talked to you, they trusted you, they love you, they feel like they can, you're a safe place. God put you there for a reason. So be that, be, be what they need. Be what they need. Pray about it. Pray before you speak. Pray before you answer. Pray before you give advice. And and maybe that's what you're doing while you're listening. Is that you're in your head, you're whispering a prayer. Instead of being reactive. You may be the first step to helping somebody. You may be the first step to saving somebody's life. And you may do that and never have a clue. I know that sounds really, really heavy and like a huge responsibility, but we have to take care of each other. We have to, we have to take care of each other as a community, as, as a, a whole. We have to take care of each other and be there for our circle and our friends. I believe everything else will fall in place. It really will. We just have to prioritize and be what people need and love people. Love them. I know, like I said, I'm a very, very difficult person to love sometimes. I know I am. And I want to, that's the last thing I'm going to talk about is just that realization, okay? That I can see over the course of the last year how my response has changed to things, becoming more aware. Even when you're in a bad spot, even when you're in a dark spot, even when you're going through a hard time, you can still be aware of, you may not be as slow to um, react. You may, you know, pop off. I do that, especially when I'm anxious. Um, But we can become more aware of our reactions and how we handle things. We can be more aware of the fact that, hey, I'm going through this right now. This is not me. This is not who I am. I'm having a hard time. So I have to be careful to choose my words. I have to talk to people. I have to tell people. Like I can't hide it and then them just think I'm a total bitch because I've been that before. 
I have to be honest. So I think we have to have these realizations. We have to be aware. Like we have to, I, I look for my triggers too. Like my triggers, I look for the initiation, like the initial, the initial flicker that starts my anxiety and I try to catch it before it spirals so far out of control. Now, granted, did I this time? No, I didn't. I still don't even know what really caused it. it just come out of, literally come out of nowhere. So, are you get my point? Like, sometimes we can catch it before it spirals, but sometimes it just mows you over like a garbage truck. And it stinks. <laughs> Sorry. That was, no, no pun intended there. I laughed at my own joke, but anyway. Uh, that is all I have for you all today. So again, I know I'm kind of on a tangent here, but I love you all so much. I want the best for all of you all. I want you to be your best, do your best, but I also want you to admit when you're tired and you're struggling and you're overwhelmed and you're having anxiety and you're battling depression. I want you to know that it's okay, that you're loved and that the world needs you and I'm not going to tell you to be tough. I'm not going to tell you to be strong because this is when you need somebody else to lean on. Jesus is a great one to lean on, y'all. He really, he really is. And find and find somebody you can confide in, in prayer, in human form. So thank you all for listening to another episode of Love Y'all Lens. Be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Love Y'all Lens. And until next time, you've got this.